Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, hey, you're listening to episode 18 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. I was recently chatting with a teacher on Instagram about some issues that she was dealing with in her current school. And while she was really prioritizing herself this school year, doing all the things for her own mental health, she was really struggling with something a lot of you can probably connect with unrealistic expectations. Her administration had all these things she was wanting her teachers to do, adding more and more to their plates. And when I asked, like, what? She listed like 15 new initiatives that that principal wanted to implement. Just listening to it was overwhelming, and I've been there. I've dealt with navigating unrealistic expectations put on me, and I'm sure you have too. So in this episode, we're going to combine some strategies for handling unrealistic expectations. Then I'm going to bring you that pep talk you need to get you through these tough situations. So let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to give a weekly community shout out to at Miss A-M-B-T-R-I-Z for leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. She says, as a special ed teacher, I love listening to this. I don't listen to any other podcast but this one. Straightforward and very, very helpful. Listening to this made me take time to reflect on myself as a teacher and a human being. Really made me realize I need to start practicing more self-care to not burn out amazing tips. With all the amazing podcasts out there, this type of review is extra special to me because that's what this podcast is for, to give you that intentional time to reflect on yourself, not only as an educator, but as a human as well, to bring you those actionable steps that you can begin taking to support you on hard days, to light a fire under you, or shift you into a more productive, positive mindset, even with everything that's going on in our careers. It means so much for me for you guys to take the time out of your day to shoot a review or when you share your takeaways in an email or on DMs. Like seriously, 
But also every time that you leave a review or share on your stories the episode that you're listening to, it helps other educators who need this type of podcast find it and get what they need from it as well. So if you're listening along, you like what you hear, make sure you follow along and leave a review, screenshot the episode you're listening to, and tag me in your Instagram stories. Seriously, it means the world to me. And if this is your first time listening in, these teacher pep talks are structured a little bit different. These pep talks are meant to be your morning motivation or your afternoon pick-me-up so that you can get the pep talk you need to start putting yourself first and prioritizing your mental health. In this episode, I'm going to take a slightly different tactic. I'm going to bring you some background. I'm going to sprinkle in some tips and then motivation all into one episode. So make sure you stick around to the end, especially if you're a teacher who's struggling with those unrealistic expectations of being an educator right now. So just to kind of bring you an experience I had when there were unrealistic expectations on me, as you may know already, I am a special educator. I've been in education for 11 years, eight of which have been in special education. And as a special educator, we have a lot of duties on us. We're expected to individualize instruction, write IEPs, lesson plans, complete assessments, be the go between between like gen ed and parents, create meetings. The list is seemingly never ending. However, in my previous school, I was in a charter school. And if you've ever taught in a charter school before, you know that there are serious pros and serious cons to working in a charter. But one of the things that seems to be across the board with charter school educators is that they wear a lot of hats. You're not just a teacher. You're also expected to write grants or do multiple after-school activities or head specific family nights, and the list goes on and on. But to give it to you straight, studies show that there is about a 35% higher turnover in charter schools than regular public schools. And most teachers cite burnout and overwork as a huge component of this. For a teacher I recently chatted with on Instagram, her administrator was asking that teachers begin implementing project-based learning without any type of support or time to get it done. There were like 15 other things that they were expected to do as well. And maybe you've been in that situation too, where higher ups are requesting you do so many things with no time, no support, no resources. And having this discussion with this new teacher friend made me remember the time that I was the drama club teacher, <laughs> the special education coordinator, and the 504 coordinator, the special education teacher. My administrator was also asking me to take on grant writing, mentoring other teachers, all while I was a brand new first-time mom. That was a lot. It was really too much. And for the record, this was way before I knew what burnout was, before I truly experienced the full-blown stage 12 burnout. And I really thought that's just what I had to do. And working in a charter school, you don't have a contract. It's like an at will, which really made me feel even more like I had to do what was requested of me, or maybe I wouldn't have a way to provide for my new baby. And I feel like some of you who may have worked in a charter school before can really commiserate because out of all the comments on a TikTok I posted recently where we're talking about the physical symptoms of burnout, the majority of the commenters were previous charter school employees experiencing those physical symptoms. So maybe you can relate to this or just relate to someone expecting you to keep doing it all as you always have because the old you really didn't prioritize yourself. There are many times where we can experience the effect 
of unrealistic expectations. Sometimes they're set on us by our administrators, our colleagues, students, parents that we communicate with, and often even times where we're setting those unrealistic expectations on ourselves. So really quickly, I just want to share with you four times that you may have experienced unrealistic expectations placed on you. Number one is overly demanding workloads. If your supervisor expects you to complete too many tasks within an unreasonable time frame, they may have unrealistic expectations of you and be overestimating your abilities. While you may have the potential to work through periods of high demand in your role, consistently facing that stressful amount of work can make success really unattainable. Number two is working while on vacation. This includes weekend, summer break, spring break, other times where we're not really contracted to work. Maintaining a healthy work-life balance is so important for any professional, and relaxation and making time for self-care can really help you focus better upon your return to your role. Therefore, if you feel a pressure to work while on vacation or even just check your email over the weekend, it's likely that you're facing unrealistic expectations in your position. For just a quick minute, I'm interrupting this episode to let you know that work-life balance does not have to be difficult. Anytime I talk about this, teachers flood my comments and my DMs to tell me that they want to find that balance so they can enjoy their career long-term and live a life outside of their profession, but they don't know where to start. They don't have the time or the resources to really get a grip on family, life, and professional duties, and they just feel overwhelmed by all the things we have to do as educators. I get it. I really do. And so do so many other educators, which is why auditing your work-life balance is really the key to figuring it all out. If you can totally relate to this, I want to invite you to check out my free 10-minute Audit Your Work-Life Balance workshop, which is a practical approach to examining energizing and energy-draining teacher tasks. After working through three simple steps in your free auditing guide, you'll have a clear view of what stays and what goes, leaving room for living your authentic life and setting boundaries that serve you and your students while combating teacher burnout. Did I mention you get a free workbook? Because it's pretty awesome. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash audit or grab the link in the episode description for more information. Back to the episode. Another area is meeting deadlines while you're short-staffed. If your school has been affected by the teacher shortage and is currently short-staffed, productivity levels may dip, which may make it challenging for you to really meet deadlines that were established when you were at full capacity. If your supervisor doesn't modify their expectations around deadlines during staff shortages, this can make reaching those goals really impractical. And the last one is understanding expectations without communication. So to understand your role at work and the tasks that you're responsible for completing on a day-to-day basis, your supervisor, your principal, your colleague must communicate with you effectively. For the teacher who sparked this idea that I needed to address this in an episode, One of the things her administrator was requesting was for teachers to implement this project-based learning, but she was never truly sharing with the teachers what that looked like, expecting the teachers to go all in to implementing this initiative without adequate time to prepare or without a curriculum to really begin with. Without clear communication, it may be challenging to meet your supervisor's expectations. So how do we really deal with this? How can we start pushing back? When unrealistic expectations are made by others, the number one thing that I am all for teachers doing 
is practice setting and enforcing boundaries. If you feel like you're facing these unrealistic expectations, we have to do that with consistency. What are you available for? What are you not? What kind of time do you have to add to your plate? For instance, if your supervisor asks you to take on an additional project with a large scope that you can't complete within a reasonable time frame, we have to communicate this boundary and help our higher ups come up with an alternative plan. This practice is going to help your supervisor better understand what your limits are so that you can really succeed in your role. I talk more about setting boundaries in episode 15 and 16. So if this seems like something that's kind of difficult for you, definitely check out those episodes and I'll link them in the show notes as well. And another thing I really want to mention is we have to consider our principal or administrator's intentions. While we're feeling overwhelmed with our supervisor's expectations, we have to kind of consider their perspective, especially if you're triggered to feeling like you're swimming in overwhelm. It can be kind of hard to see someone else's perspective. Let's be real. It is likely that they don't have negative intentions. Rather, they may simply just not understand how you're feeling and believe strongly in your abilities. Understanding your administrators' intentions can help you empathize with their position and come up with ways to make their expectations more attainable for you. You can also ask for help from your coworkers to reach your goals. Collaboration really helps overcome these unrealistic workload expectations. If you're facing an upcoming deadline or you can't get all the tasks associated with the project's scope independently, we can ask our colleagues for help in reaching that. Having that assistance can really help you meet expectations while preserving your energy and decreasing your stress levels. And this kind of goes back to, you know, when we were talking about setting boundaries, but we want to communicate. We want to meet with our supervisor and offer that feedback. It's important to communicate with them. And if you feel like you're facing unrealistic expectations in your role, we want to meet with them and vocalize our perspective. They may understand why we feel this way and offer solutions for a more feasible workload. In order to really succeed, we have to communicate effectively and regularly. So if your supervisor doesn't really communicate clearly, we have to initiate that conversation about their expectations consistently. You can ask targeted questions to really parse out what they expect of you, and discuss whether you can really meet those goals reasonably. Doing this on a consistent basis is going to allow you to better understand your role. You're going to find ways to succeed and encourage your supervisor to really communicate effectively. Phrases like, what exactly does that look like? Or could you provide me an outline of what that might look like are really good ways to accomplish this. And This is going to sound kind of silly, but offering that positive reinforcement when they do set realistic expectations can really support this consistency. You can do this by just expressing your gratitude for their generous timeline or their flexibility with deadlines. If your supervisor knows how much you appreciate their reasonability, they may commit themselves to setting realistic expectations more regularly. Another tip for this is creating the workflow timeline that can really help you succeed. So you've got this unrealistic timeline for a project and a deadline you really can't meet. You can create your own workflow timeline that's more reasonable. And from here, you can kind of show your timeline 
to your administrator so that they can kind of visualize what expectations are realistic. This can help your supervisor gain perspective and make shifts in the future to really establish workable timelines. And last but not least, Take time to celebrate your successes. When you succeed, especially in the face of unrealistic expectations or periods of high demand, take time to celebrate yourself and convey your achievements to your administrator. You can do this by just detailing your progress in regular status reports or just during regular check-ins when you're passing in the hallway. These updates allow your supervisor to recognize your value and understand how the expectations affect you. But then again, you know, we may have unrealistic expectations of ourselves where we expect ourselves to be on our A game because that's what quote unquote good teachers do. But we have to consider some things about our own expectations. So if you've ever been in one of those situations where you're really putting a lot on yourself, where you're having this perfectionistic outlook on life, here's a couple questions you can ask yourself. Is this a realistic expectation? Like, do I have the time, the resources, the energy to meet that expectation? Sometimes we take on more than we can handle, but then we kind of beat ourselves up when we can't really complete that task to perfection, if at all. It's okay to change your mind and it's okay to modify the expectation so that it is reasonable. But also, what is the success criteria? Are there varying degrees of success or is it just like straight up pass or fail? We tend to have this vision for what done or a good job looks like. And if you're an overachiever like me, (laughs) this will probably look very different from the average person's completed work. Think about like when we used to do flipped classrooms where we did all these videos, how hard was it for you to leave in mispronounced words? How many times did you re-record it until it was perfect? Forget about that. How many redos did you give yourself when standing in front of the classroom? Good enough is good enough. It's okay to be human. Revisit your success criteria, and if the work you do meets it, you're good. You're golden. And then the other question to ask yourself is, Who is impacted by your success or failure to meet those expectations? If it's just you, take a breath. Just do your best. Self-acceptance is a necessity. If many people are impacted, you can kind of get feedback along through the process so that you have a chance to do better later. But even when they get us down, it can be difficult to let unrealistic expectations go. You can still feel Like you're not good enough if you can't really fulfill these. That's a perfectionistic belief system that you've got to work to crush. This is partly because we believe setting high standards for ourselves is helpful. We think these expectations motivate and inspire us to accomplish our aspirations. We also might worry that the lack of unrealistic expectations that we will just sit around and not meet any goals. Unrealistic expectations can also feel protective, right? Like, We might worry that if we loosen our expectations, other people will exploit or hurt us. But we don't need sky-high expectations to ensure our safety. And you are not alone in feeling this. So many educators talk about the unrealistic expectations set on us. And that's why I shared with you my experience previously. 
However, we've got to start getting out of our heads. We have to start focusing on present experiences, such as how someone's treating you. Paying attention to our experience as it's happening gives us a lot more information about our safety than these expectations. We have got to start finding value in what we have to offer as teachers. It is obvious that teachers are very valuable to our system. If we weren't, there wouldn't be so many expectations placed on us. But we also have to push back. We deserve to push back, especially when we're doing a lot and it never seems like it's enough. You are the only one who knows what is too much and just enough is. No one else can tell you that. That's something very unique for each of us. That is something very unique for different seasons in our lives. Your boss can give you unrealistic expectations, but unless you voice that it's truly not doable or requesting an outline of how that should be accomplished with your already growing list of to-dos and really showing them step-by-step that that is not feasible, then they'll probably never understand. We can't expect other people who have very different priorities, very different energy levels or lifestyles to really understand our perspective unless we start somewhere, unless we explicitly tell them. Teachers have forever been these individuals who just keep rising to the occasion. And I'm not knocking that. It's truly a beautiful thing that we are so resourceful. But being resourceful and burning the candle at both ends is not the same thing. The first thing that everyone should be rising to is themselves. Everything else can wait. Do you have the energy to take on another task? Do you have the time to complete a deadline that your superior is requesting? Now, I'm never telling you go in there and show them who's boss. (laughs) We can set boundaries and communicate our limits without being disrespectful. We can lead compassionately by simply listing out the current expectations and the available resources and time. We have to do this to protect ourselves from burnout. No one else is going to do that for you. That's a you thing. You are the only one who can handle these situations. And it's not impossible, even if it's a challenge right now. What you are doing when you stop pushing yourself to accomplish unrealistic expectations is paving the way for an understanding of what is realistic, what is important, how teachers should be treated, pioneering a way where teachers aren't expected to do 5,000 things to make everything run. It is not your fault that there is a teacher shortage. You are not responsible for taking on the weight of that either. You are not a bad teacher if you can't do it all. Here's your reminder. No one can do it all. In order to keep our teachers inside the classroom, making growth with our students, we have to start pushing back to unrealistic expectations, those from others and those we may be setting on ourselves. We have the power to prioritize ourselves. At the end of the day, when we do that, we are making a change. We are supporting what is best for our students and our communities. So don't forget, You are a resilient teacher. We're in this together. You've got this. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to remind you that you are a resilient teacher. If you're looking for more support in creating a sustainable, individualized self-care plan to beat burnout, squash stress, and build educator resilience, check out my online membership and course, The Individualized Educare Program at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash individualized educare program. I'll see you next time. 
Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tag me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.